Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Jurassic Park. In the year 1993, Super Mario Brothers was the best dinosaur movie, but this came out too. Right. <laughs> Didn't they cast the dinosaur as like um, Dennis Hopper or something? Yeah, but you see him as a dinosaur briefly at the end. Oh, okay. Well, I, see, I'm, that's a, I'm waiting for the podcast to watch it. Yeah, so. my Blu-ray just arrived yesterday. Ooh, he'll loan <laughs> that to me then. <laughs> but no, it's that other dinosaur movie we're bringing up today. Some Something called um, Jurassic Perk, I think. Yeah, well, one of the Jurassic Perks are doing this podcast is I get to watch this film. <laughs> what? I don't know. Okay, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, is I Jurassic Park the cafe they go to in the sitcom Dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. Um, yes, yes, it is Jurassic Park. There's a new Jurassic Park world, whatever it is now. I didn't watch the second one of those. That one's interesting because it's a real fucking mess. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, <laughs> I, I should watch it. It's just it's long and I can't be bothered. Oh, well, see, I was always like, do I want to keep supporting these terrible sequels? But I saw the trailer for the newest one when I went and saw Top Gun. And they finally put an actual accurate feathered dinosaur in it, so I guess I've got to go see it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that brings it into the Monster Hunter range. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jurassic Park. Um, I was... So actually, this is, a, this is the interesting blockbuster for me, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Matt. I'm Luke. I just got bitten by a bug. And I got a mouthful of melon because I thought you were about to do a monologue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a sci-fi sanctuary with some dinosaurs chirping in the background today, of course, as we hope not to be poisoned and eaten but um yeah i was 14 when this came out and uh, first off it's a good movie i mean obviously it's it's, mm. it's now considered one of the uber classics but it's the first one where i really realized like when there's a bunch of hype that you're about to see the greatest thing ever and then you go and see it and up to under age 14 you're like yes that was the greatest thing ever and jurassic park was the first time where i think i was like hey, it was all right oh really yeah ah. <laughs> well that's what um we did our episode on the Power Rangers movie, and that's what Dave was saying his experience of Power Rangers was, right? Yes, yeah, I guess the for first me, time he realized a film could not be everything you dreamed it was going to be. And he was, what, two years younger than me, so yeah. it works out time-wise. That, that's just the age where that happens. So, mm. um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just came out like it was fine, you know? Right. But I could, like, I could see, like, I guess that's where you start to see the formula a little yeah. bit, you know? So. Whereas, yeah, on the other hand, I was two when this came out. <laughs> um, so I just... You know, I saw Batman. That was the greatest thing ever. Uh, what was the next year? Uh, well, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade actually was the greatest thing ever. So, uh. so I couldn't tell you when I actually saw this movie for the first time. Um, but I just grew up in dinosaur mania, mm. um, as you might be able to tell from everything about my personality now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was watching this. I was watching Godzilla movies. I was watching whatever dinosaur stuff came on TV. Um, I remember Lost World coming out. 
But even then, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I saw it opening night. But I remember getting, like, you know, the free gifts with the cereal and everything. I think I didn't see Jurassic Park 3 opening night. Jurassic Park 3 is the one I definitely did see in theaters. Mm. Um, my, my story of seeing Jurassic Park 3 is one that I look back on quite sadly now. <laughs> because I wanted to go see it with my friends. Everyone was busy that day. And my mum said, oh, dad said he'll watch it with you when he gets home from work. And for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to watch a film with my dad. That's lame. I went and saw it by myself. And I'm like, why don't I go watch it with my dad? I, I did that with The Rocketeer. Nice. Except I don't think my dad wanted to go to The Rocketeer. So I always knew I was going to see that by myself. I mean, I don't know if my dad wanted to, but he would have gone and seen it with me. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, I should have just done that. Why didn't I do that? How dumb. <laughs> but 13-year-old boys are dumb like that. Um, a year after it came out. Or, no, it might have been the, no, the same year. It was that summer, right? So mm. um, we had a class trip to New York City. Mm. And... Um, I remember uh, the, the the biology teacher buying a, a bootleg VHS copy of Jurassic Park off the streets of Harlem and us watching down the tour bus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I did finally see this in a theater on the 20th anniversary, which I now realize will be 10 years ago next year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I grew up I grew up watching just anything dinosaur, so I definitely saw this and the sequel a bunch of times. But as a kid, they both blur into my memory. So I couldn't remember which bits were from which film. I'm going to assume I saw this in a theater opening night. I'm pretty sure we saw it opening, or weekend at least. Mm. Probably opening night. And I, th- I I bet we would have had a second pass when I got to the dollar theater for yeah. this one. So I probably did see it in the theater twice. Because it, right. it was still, you know, the big deal, right? You got to go oh, see yeah. it again on the big screen. Although it was uh, the early 90s and all every screen was a shoebox in Atlanta at that point. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, th- that is the plus of a multiplex. Um I don't know about in the UK, but uh, and you've talked about tiny ass theaters, but uh, mm. you know the states in the '50s, '60s, well, all, all the way b- until the '70s, theaters were like giant, right? Mm. And then they started taking the same theaters and like cutting them into boxes. Well, a lot of UK so, theaters yeah. before the big multiplexes were originally theaters, mm. and they just put a screen where the stage was. There's some like that in the states, yeah. of course, but so uh, they're reasonably big. But uh, yeah, the multiplexes, you know, like really hit in the mid-90s, and that's when, oh, I get to see this on a giant screen, even though I'm in the suburbs. But (laughs) So, there is something to be said for the multiplex, at least making the big screen big again. I mean, you you got to watch Maverick on a big screen, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that was on screen one. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, mm. hmm. But yeah, I mean, putting aside my own memories, eventually I did own the videotapes, read the book, properly get into this film. Probably the most significant movie that's released in my life. Oh, this one? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, what would compete? Maybe The Matrix? I think The Matrix would be a little bit... Does, does Burton but, Batman count anymore? Well, because... No, I don't think... But mainly what I'm thinking of is the CG factor. Mm. That before this, you didn't see much CG. Oh, okay. After this, you, that starts being all you see. I think I would argue Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 actually being bigger than this. I mean, in terms of the fact that the Marvel thing now rules the freaking world. That's part of why. But, I, I, I mean, Spider-Man movies made all the money, too. So. Well, this, this was the highest grossing movie until Titanic. It, it was. But then Spider-Man doubled uh, Spider-Man, down on no, that. Didn't, didn't make much more than this. No? Okay. Spider-Man made about $900 million, which is what this made. It would match at least. Titanic doesn't... James, Titanic Cam- James Cameron makes very ephemeral films, doesn't he? Or at least since uh, Terminator 2, he makes um, very he, ephemeral He makes films. them super rarely, but they come out and just destroy everything. And then vanish from the consciousness. Yeah. Well, I, I, we don't into this when we do our inevitable Avatar episode. <laughs> People bang on about how, like, oh, no one fucking remembers anything from Avatar. 
Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. It's a good film. I remember the characters and the monsters and stuff. I just don't think about it often. That's what it's I'm just saying. because he doesn't franchise his shit much. Yeah. It's like he puts out his film. Maybe you get one video game tie-in and a graphic novel. Mm. And then you wait through his next fucking film. True Lies, great film. Haven't seen it in 20 years. Haven't thought about it much recently. I'm trying to think if there's an Arnie line from that that I think about a lot. <laughs> I don't know if there is. Oh, there, there, there. I mean, there are great there lines are. in it. Yeah, there are. I don't know if there's one that's like one of the like a standard. I guess Arnold one. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Except he already did consider that a divorce, so yeah, it's kind of like I'm, a retread. My, most of my memories of that film are him like making his wife strip for him, <laughs> and then he's playing someone else's voice on the tape. It's not Arnie's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whereas, I, yeah, I guess this film is the Spielberg, the most Spielbergy Spielberg film that ever Spielberged. Because <laughs> that was still E.T. when it came out, right? Mm. So it was a, a slightly new flavor. Yeah. And, and the Indiana Jones films still feel like better films. At least, yeah. I think... Well, the ones up to this point. The problem least. you're going to run into any time you try and get me to admit any flaw in this film <laughs> is that it's a film about dinosaurs. And oh, so yeah. I, I just love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Spielberg talked about this being his sequel to Jaws. Mm. This is Jaws on Land. Yeah, Land Jaws. Yeah. It's the Land Shark. That's what's interesting. I never think of Jurassic Park as a monster movie. That's because that, that they're was real, a, right? That was the point. They were supposed to act as animals, right? Yeah, and I think it does a good job of that. Yeah. To the point that now I don't really... When I think of monster films, pure dinosaurs don't even come into that list for me. Yeah, I definitely think of this more as sci-fi than yeah. a monster flick. So. But maybe a creature feature. I mean, feature. there's a quite dotted line between like, the Like, as two, we say, there's the, uh, the quadrilogy of Samuel L. Jackson creature features, which this is mm-hmm. possibly the most prominent of. <laughs> Well, there's only for what three minutes. Yeah, I mean, he was—he wasn't—he he hadn't fully jacked yet. No, no, no. That he's playing such a non-Samuel Jacksony role. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> uh, okay, everyone knows the plot, but I'm going to do the plot anyway, I guess, because we do that at this sanctuary thing that we do. Industrialist John Hammond has collected scientists Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant, mathematician Ian Malcolm, lawyer Donald Gennaro, to check the safety and viability of his groundbreaking new resort off the coast of Costa Rica. The park is due to open soon, but the investors are getting cold feet. See, this park contains genetic recreations of extinct dinosaurs is in, is edit, and is an unknown property. But Hammond is confident enough that he has also flown over his grandkids, Tim and Lex, to take part in the three-hour tour. There are a few dino no-shows, Ellie gets sidetracked by Triceratops shit, and the tour is caught off due to an incoming tropical storm. Meanwhile, Uber IT geek Nedry has had other plans. He's disgruntled about his pay and has been enlisted by a rival corporation to steal and deliver dino DNA samples. To do this, he shuts down the park's security, including the electric fences penning in the dinosaurs. 
but gets his face melted and chewed off by a Dilophosaurus before he can reverse the damage. The tour group ends up stuck in the middle of the T-Rex pen and is soon greeted with a dino attack. Gennaro gets eaten by a T-Rex while taking a shit, Malcolm is seriously injured, and Grant and the kids end up spending the night in a tree after escaping both the T-Rex and a falling Ford Explorer. I wrote Land Cruiser. It's a Land Cruiser in the book. Mm -hmm. Ellie and crew find Malcolm, realize that anyone whose name isn't Gennaro may still be alive, and learn that a Jeep can outrun a rampaging T-Rex. Ellie and the game warden try to manually turn back on the park's power with a hand from Sam Jackson. They succeed, but ha Sam's hand doesn't do much since the rest of him is missing, and the warden ends up eaten by an escaped velociraptor. In fact, it's velociraptors for everyone! Grant and the kids make it back to the visitor center, where they at least get an ice cream break before running from the vicious predators. Grant, Ellie, and kids are reunited, but ultimately surrounded by a pack of velociraptors. Fortunately, that hungry T-Rex swoops in to save the day. They scoop up Hammond and the sexually injured Malcolm and fly off the island, leaving the dinosaurs to find their own way, which likely involves eating several Costa Rican day workers who were clearly not on the escape copter. <laughs> start with cast and we can spend a little time on the boring humans one thing i will say is probably a flaw of this movie it's very clear right from the start who is a main character who's going to survive and who is a peripheral character who's here to die <laughs> like it makes no attempt to convince you that the like four or five characters who die are like in amongst the main cast well hammond's supposed to die for his sins right does he dies in the, i didn't quite finish reading the book again I don't recall. I think he might kick it. At Seems the like the book. he should, right? But yeah, he's he's more of a prick in the book too. So yeah, um, yeah. Gennaro is just like like I mean, obviously he's di a dinosaur treat, right? From yeah. the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the lawyer. <laughs> he's got no character arc. He abandons <laughs> the children. Uh, the book and the movie make Ned well make Newman the worst person ever. <laughs> <laughs> Nedry's. I mean. That name does sound dorkier, but somehow it's just you can put the draw on Newman, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson just gets eaten by everything at this point in his career. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his, the little arm thing is a great moment, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help the, the stupid pun for my synopsis. Yeah. Um, and well, then, yeah, Muldoon is the hunter-y guy, so he's obviously going to go down fighting. But I kept... But, like, everyone knows... The three scientists and the kids are going to live. In my mind, Jason Isaacs plays Muldoon, which is not correct at all. Is Why Jason is... Isaacs in Lost World? Maybe. Because there's a, there's a big significant hunter character in that film. 
Okay, that might be it. I, might, I can't yeah. remember who plays him. I don't think. Just in my mind, this was definitely Jason Isaacs in this one, and then I watched it, and it wasn't. Like, right. I, uh, I, I think I mentioned... Um, no, I didn't mention. This is important shit. Um, I've seen... Now I've seen the Jurassic Park movies like 8 million times. Mm. Because it used to be on Mondays, my nephew, when he was like 5, 6, 7, 8 years old, would come up almost every Monday and insist I put on one of the Jurassic Park movies or Jurassic World. Okay. So, up to Jurassic World, I have seen these movies insane number of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, three a little less. Well, that was the thing. We kept gravitating to the original Jurassic Park because even six-year-old Utaro started to realize the other movies aren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Um, this, is, this is up there with Robocop in the... Technically, this is a franchise, but only one film in the whole franchise is good. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, there is still a certain kick I get just from seeing more and more dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always fun dinosaur I kind of feel like if we do another podcast, we can't do one for each film. We'll just do an all the Jurassic Park sequels podcast one day. Yeah, I don't know. Lost World deserves its own for the uh, placement it has I guess, in Spielberg's career, though. Mm. But, like, three in the World Trilogy are not that interesting. Yeah. Other than featuring some of my favorite Maybe dinos. Yes, for this. <laughs> but, um... So what what do you think? Uh, what what were the other contenders for Sam Neill? There was there's a Harrison Ford thing, which would have made this an Indiana Jones movie. Hmm. If if that had been Harrison Ford, this simply would be you know like like The Rock is a James Bond movie again, right? Yeah. Except he of... would have really looked like Indiana Jones with right. an ascot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I like Sam Neill because he doesn't come across as an action hero at all. Like often you have films where it's like this is an everyman in this situation. But by the end, he's just an action hero. Right. But here, even when he's got a gun, he doesn't look natural with it. <laughs> and, like, he abandoned... He doesn't even fire it on screen. Yeah. The only time he fires it, you're looking at Hammond here over the phone. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, he genuinely comes across like a real scientist to me. Yeah, he does seem like... Yeah, like, um, you like, know, um, Indiana you know, Jones. Much as I love Indiana Jones, you never believe he's an archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've both, like, kind of mirrored both halves of that statement at the same time. That's mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> Worked out. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, Sam Neill's good. Uh, it, it, there's, Event Horizon, of course, retcons this movie a bit. Because now Sam Neill's Satan in every film you see him in. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, it's, it's, it was the first iteration of the multiverse, where what happens to Event Horizon affects all other movies Sam Neill was in. I see. Mm. Because, yeah, okay, um, <laughs> Laura Dern is our other scientist. Uh, I like Laura Dern and stuff. Yeah, she's good. Um, I really noticed, maybe it's an early 90s thing, I mean, maybe it's because I was watching the Blu-ray, but, man, did they cake makeup on a beautiful lady. It's like, did you really need to? Oh, I guess She I just has some serious makeup cake on her face for this. Huh. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she doesn't need that. <laughs> Sam Neill had it, too, to be fair. Just, uh, I don't know if it... Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not like they're saying she needs that in day-to-day life, it's because... It's, that's how film lighting works, right? I guess so. I, I guess... I feel like we get more naturalistic skin tones well, yeah, in movies these days. yeah, of course they better at that shit. Yeah. Oscar winner Suicide Squad showed us how good makeup can be. <laughs> Is that Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Okay. It won the Oscar for Best Makeup. Oh. <laughs> but it means you can say that Suicide Squad is an Oscar winning movie. <laughs> I can't even remember which one is the and which one isn't the. That is the more recent one. Okay, that's the one I didn't see. It's a bit better. It's a, okay, that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> I think people regard it quite well, but I just thought it was I. Okay. John Cena's very funny in it. I'm actually, like, 
I'm quite pleased with myself now that I've never seen Joker. So. Mm. Same. <laughs> well, I did see 20... I said before, I think, but I saw 20 minutes, and then I just switched to Taxi Driver, because... Why not? <laughs> Taxi Driver is a phenomenal movie. <laughs> I mean, this film, though, has um, possibly the sexiest incarnation of Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how true this is, the whole bit where he's just like... He's lounging in that pose in with recluse. his shirt open. That was just Jeff Goldblum. No one told him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I 100% believe. That makes it that much better, He's just meant it? to be sat there in that scene, and he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprawl myself and open my shirt all the way. <laughs> You're a sprawler. I yeah. listen to your podcast. Yep. Because <laughs> I record on my sofa, and, you know, my table is at, like, this the same height as the sofa. Mm. So to be close to the microphone, the easiest thing to do is just lie down on my side. So I've worked myself in that ridiculous thing where I'm saying they're holding a microphone the entire yep. time because I'm too lazy to get a... There's no place to put a stand if I got a stand, so... Hmm. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? We got the kids. Um, I mean, it, this is a good example of Spielberg kids. Yes. Like, there's a reason he's well known for being good at directing children. They always come across well in his films. And he, he age-flipped the kids from the book because uh, he wanted that actor. Okay. Because uh, uh, the boys, the, uh, Tim's the older one, and then Lex is the younger one in the in the book. I'm kind of glad because the, you know, the screaming little girl and the boy, is the competent one would have been a bit more predictable. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was it was worth doing. I was just I was curious what happened. Although in interesting, that's what you end up with in War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's completely inside the children who are not there in the book. Because the girl um, is now I think like like. An, like an art director or something. That's pretty cool. I mean, as, a, as in like art, not as in like film art director. Oh, okay, like she does. Yeah, and, and the the boy Joseph, Joseph Mazur, I'm not looking at the name, but I saw it a few hours ago, but um, I, I think he's done more acting. Okay. It's, it's one of those things where you look him up on IMDb and say, oh, those are not the kids I just saw. <laughs> For some reason, I do remember the urban, this must have been pre-IMDb, but it couldn't mm. have been too much because uh, it was... I remember constantly hearing, oh, that's a Kristen Dunst is in this film, like, really young, which, no, she's not. Nope, you're getting confused with small soldiers. <laughs> Maybe. But she's not, I mean, she's not a kid in that, right? She already looks no. like Kristen Dunst, right? I think she did do some stuff as well. She's in that episode of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and then it was um, the the boy, I, I remember hearing, it was, it was, a, it was a Johnny Galecki or whatever, the Big Bang Theory guy, which, no, that's not him either. No. But I had in my head for several years that those were the kids. Oh, which are wow. wildly wrong. Yeah, I don't think they, they're particularly famous outside of these roles. Right. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting that I had that stuck in my head for quite a while and until I actually bothered to look it up. And no, that's not true at all. So, and then you got Richard Attenborough as Hammond. Yeah, voice like butter. Yep. <laughs> um, I assume you're familiar with David Attenborough as well. Mm. So, yeah, the fact that these two gave us, like, all the greatest nature documentaries and Jurassic Park... Yeah. And they had a big impact on me growing up as a kid who's into the, exactly that shit. So. I'm sure. And, uh, but I also mean, I'm very disappointed they didn't get David Attenborough to do Walking with Dinosaurs. <laughs> I actually never saw that one. I have Planet Earth. Well, you're just like, you're more of the dinosaur guy, right? So, hmm. I actually, I, I, I think I thought they were the same person anyway for some time. Because <laughs> <laughs> they both sound good. Yeah, but they, they do sound different. They, they do. It's I, that breathy David Attenborough thing, like he's always... Right, where Richard's a little more lilting, I guess. Like this, so the animal is not disturbed. disturbed. 
Even though he's clearly doing it in post. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was on set. A lot of stuff he's on set, I know. He's an absolute legend of a man. <laughs> Those Love David six Edward. month time lapse shots, he was there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like that scene in T2 where it just stands watch for the night. <laughs> it's just, it's just David Attenborough is just this implacable stone figure. <laughs> Like the monolith from 2001, watching life evolve on Earth. <laughs> uh, we mentioned—I I guess we mentioned Samuel Jackson as much as we need to in this movie. Wayne Knight. We I, just you say Newman, and you've pretty much covered the bases. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, Jason Isaacs is not in here. No. Um, but I, he is in my. I could head get my phone out and tell you who played Muldoon, but I'm not going to. I saw it like what a few hours ago. And it, it, it was a, it was two names, one syllable each. I remember that. Okay. Okay. So that's who played Muldoon. Um, Dick Jones. <laughs> so, are, d does that mean it's time to move on to the real stars of the movie? Oh yeah. Dinosaurs are on the big screen. They will eat you while you're taking a shit. I completely changed tune in the middle there. Is, is that from We're Back, a dinosaur story? Yeah. Okay. That's what We're Back, a dinosaur story. <laughs> it's some anime film, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's less depressing than The Land Before Time. <laughs> so we both teach English, and you do the Hello song, and sometimes you have to be a dinosaur. Yep. So which dinosaur are you? I'm always a T-Rex. Oh, okay. I do the big stomp and the snarl and bend myself over and chase people. Yeah, that's usually what's on the kid's shirt when you've decided to be a mm. dinosaur, so I guess it makes sense. I like the, um, because for dinosaurs we just use the Latin names for all of them, they're very easy to talk to Japanese children about, because mm. they have the same names. Sometimes pronounced a little weird, but you'd be like, ah, oh, Tyrannosaurus, Stegosaurus, Triceratops. Well, Spinosaurus. <laughs> you know, obviously the book has lots more time for uh, random thoughts, right? Mm. So one of the random thoughts in the book was that um, kids, especially boys growing up, they get obsessed with the dinosaurs because once they get a few of these names down, like everyone's impressed they know them, so they mm. want to learn more. So it's, <laughs> it's not, I mean, of course the giant lizard thing or bird or whatever is kind of cool, but at the same time, they're like, oh, I can impress like at-aughts because I know these like extended names. There might be a bit of truth in that because <clears> I did... Like, as young as, as soon as I was old enough to start reading, I started trying to read dinosaur books. And it meant that I was reading science, like, well over my age. Because <laughs> I would just, anything with dinosaurs on the cover, I was picking it up. And I was reading, like, books about paleontology and stuff. <laughs> but, um, six-year-old Matt did get a little pissed off watching this movie last night. Mm -hmm. Because in the book, um, Ellie is digging around in Stegosaurus shit. Ah. And here it's Triceratops shit. And as a six-year-old Matt, would, what's your favorite dinosaur? He said Stegosaurus for some reason. Oh, Stegosaurus is pretty cool. Yeah. I think T-Rex is just too obvious. Yeah, I, always, I it, always say Spinosaurus these days. Okay. Yeah, that's a cool one. Not that, because of Jurassic Park 3. That wasn't an 80s answer by any means. Well, no, there's a reason for that. <laughs> the only um, Stegosaurus skeletons were destroyed in World War II. Oh. And they didn't find another one until almost the new millennium. Oh, okay, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we went to, with Triceratops here. Um, no, I just wanted to say my favorite oh. dinosaur. I, whole... think, I think it is like Spielberg's favorite or something like that. 
Mm. So that's why it's in there. I've met that Triceratops, by the way. Was it? I've met that Triceratops. Where? Um, in Osaka, I guess, for the run-up to the release of One of the Worlds. They oh. have the puppet on display. <laughs> yeah, because... Um, or maybe it's for the 25th anniversary? Yeah, I, I do wonder about the animatronic technology here. Because uh, as much as it's a CGI movie, there is like just amazing animatronics as well. I think, isn't it like 60% of the time with dinosaurs on screen, it's not CGI? Yeah, it's usually, it's the long shots. Long shots, and, and I when think they move too much, basically. The velociraptors in the kitchen, I think they tried to go practical, but well, ended up needing um, digital in the end. What's really interesting about, because we think of this film as like, oh, the big CGI movie, they started making the film with stop motion. Right. And the was like, no, it looks bad. <laughs> and then this, the guy who was doing, they were doing CG models just for animating purposes, was like, I can do the film in CG. And then it's like, okay, show me a shot. And then they put together a thing and ended up doing it. Mm. But yeah, like, I guess no one had even considered trying to do that much CG on screen for a living creature before. No, at this point, all we've, all we've really gotten was, uh, you like know... spaceships and stuff. Like James Cameron's, like, floating globules and yeah, stuff. Yeah, best. Yeah. Or T, um, the T-1000. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this was the first time, like, something that was supposed to be, like, kind of, like, solid was... Mm. I mean, even Toy Story is Toy Story, because you couldn't really animate people at that point. Well, yeah, because I remember as a kid being really confused, because I thought Toy Story looked real. And then the humans showed up. <laughs> and I was like, why is it real but the people are cartoons? <laughs> I don't know. You should accept that if that's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, uh, I know in Joetsu, you, you walked there uh, mm -hmm. recently. Did, did you happen to go to the uh, Natural History Museum? I didn't on this occasion. Okay. I don't think I've been to the one in Joetsu. Oh, they have a fantastic... Um, Dinosaur animatronic there that I will show you a video of. Oh, no, 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 this. don't show me a video because I'm going to go there very soon now that you've mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> and, and that's where they have the super depressing film, which um, has, has the, baby, the baby dinosaur weeping as it's the last thing to die over its <laughs> dead mother in the, on, a, on a freezing earth. Awesome. <laughs> that's basically how walking with dinosaurs ends. Which, oh, yeah. <laughs> Except this is supposed to appeal to kids. But what you end up is a, a, you get a bunch of kids crying, so if you go on a Saturday or a Sunday. <laughs> what I love these days is you never hear scientists say the extinction of the dinosaurs. You have to say the extinction of the non-avian dinosaurs. Of the non-avian dinosaurs? Because birds are literally dinosaurs and they're everywhere still. Oh, yeah, yeah, because ostriches are like T-Rexes, more or less. A, t a, a pigeon is more closely related to a T-Rex than a Stegosaurus is. Mm. In every way. Like... <laughs> Biologically, like in terms of its structure and time, <laughs> it is closer to now than it was to the Stegosaurus. When are people going to be okay, okay seeing the feathered dinosaurs? When a film is it? less of a pussy and just does it. Yeah, I, I that is one. That's one thing I really did like about Jurassic World. That um, and actually is in the book Jurassic Park, where they're like, we're making, we're we're modifying it to, um, you know, people wanted to see big lizards. Oh, so. See, I hated that in Jurassic World because that felt like it was a throwaway line to excuse their cowardly behavior. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to be mixing the book today because yesterday I was both reading the book and watching the movie. So, mm. But there is a lot of discussion where uh, Dr. Wu brings up, hey, I can actually genetically engineer these dinosaurs to be a little slower. I remember there's a, a line was less like... aggressive. And he's like, no, I want the real ones. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but we already changed things. And in and, and, and the book, he mentions the feathers. Like, they right. should be feathery, and they're not, because that's... Wow, what we, that's crazy. It's, it's in the book. We knew that early, <laughs> and yet no one does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, that actually made me appreciate the Jurassic World one more, because mm. it's, it's actually in the Jurassic Park book, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I definitely remember the line about making them slower, because that's what people expect. Right. And it's like, no, we want the authenticity. <laughs> 
But yeah, by the time we got to the wild line, I just felt like it was just like lampshading. Yeah. Empathetic. I, I, I mean, I guess the, um, the, the real answer is uh, don't play God, which is the point of the movie. But yeah, that's the whole point of the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> Makes the best movie, Star Trek 2, don't play God, right? Yeah. Superman plays God all the time. Works okay for him. Yeah, well, he is a God. <laughs> yeah. Schwarzenegger works out for him most of the time. Couple movies it doesn't, I guess, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, one of the big, great things about Jurassic Park is it was, like, as accurate as it could be in nineteen ninety three, and it, by being that accurate, was breaking a lot of people's assumptions about dinosaurs. Yeah, so we're saying no, the T Rex didn't look how you think it looked and stuff like that. Um, whereas yeah, no, for every film since Jurassic Park has just stuck to Jurassic Park's design, <laughs> even as the information has changed a lot. That's because they look cool. <laughs> but there's, like, I, feathery dinosaurs look cool in Monster Hunter. They can look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are just pussies. Well, maybe, maybe well, you know, we're doing this because the new one's coming out soon, so who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll open that door. I uh, mean, I, like I said, I did see one in the trailer that looked pretty much like how we now think Velociraptors look, so that's cool. Yeah, that's kind of uh, where, I'm, where I'm bringing it up. Um, now, Jaws, you know, famously barely has the shark in it because they <laughs> didn't have the tech. The trailer for Jurassic Park barely shows dinosaurs okay. because they wanted it to feel like Jaws. Mm. The movie Jurassic Park has an awful lot of dinosaurs in it, which I know you're cool with, but... One thing I really like is it opens... I mean, not opens, but your first look at the dinosaurs is just, bam, full-body shot, Brachiosaurus. <laughs> mm. It doesn't, like, overdo it on, like, oh, here's a claw here, here's a tail there. Well, they do that it. with the uh, They do that with the Predator pin. ones and stuff, right? Yeah, they do that and with the, the, the very pin. opening scene. Yeah. But I like that they just go, bam, here's a dinosaur. But admittedly, that shot hasn't aged super well. <laughs> but it still looks good, right? It still looks fine. It doesn't look, yeah. quote-unquote, real, but... Well, uh, yeah, in the book, the uh, T-Rex in the T-Rex pen eats the goat when it's still daylight. So they get mm. a full... You get, if they had followed the book slowly, uh, that way you would have gotten a full-body daylight T-Rex shot before the... Uh, right, but the, you know, in the, a book... In a book, the it makes sense. That's a, ahead no, way, I right? absolutely so. get that in a movie. The way they did is mm -hmm. way more effective, but... Um, but yeah. I do really enjoy the line, excuse me, will there be dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour? <laughs> right up in the camera, too. That's, yep. it. that's, that's how you become a, like, class A asshole. <laughs> Should that be a class yeah, Jeff A Goldblum asshole? Def I mean, not, maybe not Jeff Goldblum, but Dr. Ian Malcolm definitely asks to see a lot of managers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just a fantastic character. Is he, is he still Dr. Malcolm in Independence Day? No, they're quite different characters, I would okay. say. I mean, they have that Jeff Goldblumy delivery, <laughs> but his Independence Day character is very timid. I need to watch The Fly again. Mm. Except, as I said, Cronenberg body horror is the body horror that gets me. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for Halloween sometime. Yeah. Uh, Videodrome, that's when we... That has some fucking... See, I, I, I love Videodrome. I, don't, I barely want to watch Videodrome because of that. Uh, Extastens, yeah, lots of good Cronenberg. That, just, that, that stuff does crawl up my crawl hole in the, in the wrong way. Nice. Um, so yeah, T-Rex, very cool, very iconic. The herbivores all done fine, not that interesting. Velociraptors, though, like, I feel like raptors weren't a household name before this film. No! Um, also, I don't know how much you know, Velociraptors weren't this big. Mm. That's an Utoraptor. <laughs> but I guess Velociraptor's a cooler name. Yeah. And the one you corrected me on, I don't think that, I think that, that wasn't a big thing. Yeah, that wasn't a big thing to us. Well, also, the poison and the frill, they just made up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That obviously doesn't survive in the fossil record. I'm just saying I, I remember six-year-old Matt not coming across that name as much. Because yeah. I, I had gotten the Apatosaurus thing, right, mm. already. Like, 
you know, I could I could dork out with the kid on that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the uh, the only one that was a big household name that didn't make it into the film is the Stegosaurus. Yeah, and I think they make quite a point of making them a prominent one in the sequel. Mm-hmm. And of course, the pterosaurs. And I, again, I don't, I don't remember this book or movie, but they make a point like when they start growing these dinosaurs, they actually have no idea what they're going to get. Right, yeah, because they're just getting the blood out of the mosquito. Right. What a coincidence! They got all the ones that are famous from the fossils. Well, that's why we, well, um, we just mentioned a few that weren't so famous before this movie. So yeah. that that kind of worked it out, I think, in a cool way. Um, but the thing for the for the raptors, I Spielberg, because I read the book uh, Raptor Red, which is a novel entirely set in the Cretaceous period, only starring dinosaurs <laughs> with no dialogue. It's great, <laughs> written by the paleontologist Robert Backer. Um, and Spielberg came up to him and was like, "Dude, you got to find me a dinosaur that fits the basically the Velociraptors in this film." And he's like, "But Stephen, like, there doesn't." There are so many dinosaurs we haven't discovered. You can just say you found the blood from one that's like that. He's like, no, no, it has to be real. And then luckily they did find the Uteraptor. It's a movie. Yeah. So same as with Jurassic Park. No, sorry, this is Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic same as with Park. Transformers and Star Wars. As much as this reinvented visuals, it also reinvented a lot of audio. Right. Every monster noise you've heard in a film since Jurassic Park just stole its monster noises from Jurassic Park. Whoa! Like um, Avatar is particularly bad for it. <laughs> All the little squeaks and growls and roars are basically Jurassic Park noises. What about the sounds in our podcast? Are we about to be eaten by a dinosaur? pretty cute little dinosaur if it is <laughs> well that's what they sounded uh, like in the movie um i used to spend a lot of time as a kid me and my friend pretending to be raptors and speaking our little raptor language we'd made up well i can't remember any of those oh, little okay. noises with like, one meant danger one meant this way one meant run. <laughs> you can always recreate the Shit like that. <laughs> okay. I was just looking for a, a metric to work with there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's all we really need, right? Mm. I think that's all post-Jurassic Park 3, which really leans into the Raptors are smart shit. Mm. That's the one where that's the one they, bring he, they ride airplanes for. and stuff, right? But they don't actually. He just has a dream on the plane. <laughs> but it does give you a hilarious scene with the Raptor going, Alan, Alan. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking of. Right, of course. <laughs> that, that doesn't, I mean, their vocal cords would not, wouldn't do that. I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in that film, they have a little 3D model of a dress of Velociraptor vocal cord, which they use to talk to the raptors. Well, it took them, like, almost 20 years to make another one of these movies after, right? Yeah. I, actually, I, was, <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I actually do like that film a lot, but it is... It does cross certain lines, which are fun <laughs> to cross, but... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just the fact that uh, Chris Columbus directed that one, right? Which, yep. Post Harry Potter would have been like prestige fine, but it was mm. pre that, so it was like, oh, he's, he's just like Steven Spielberg's little fuck boy. 
Yeah, I guess the problem is, like, effects hadn't moved on enough that it was... What's new in Jurassic Park 3 compared to 1 and 2? Yeah, but what's new in any movie? Isn't that what we get well, now? Well, now cause... we're at the point where it's just, like, all people make us franchises. Because the... I don't think the new worlds do anything that new. Yeah, because in the past, like, a two-minute superhero action scene was like the most amazing thing ever and now we get like hour-long big battle sequences yeah, with no like 300 <laughs> superheroes all using their designated power set and no, it, they don't we get three 300 superheroes all doing the same beam because oh, yeah, no one okay. can be bothered to give us interesting powers well, on screen that's the whole point like i that's <laughs> when i start glazing over at these yeah. movies now like that's supposed to be the like wow factor but that's when you glaze over now yeah, like because, well so here's the thing that jurassic park does which is why its effects age better than films that have come out way more recently. <laughs> it's because it was directed. Spielberg was thinking about where the dinosaur <laughs> is going to be in this shot, right? Mm. And making physical things move and making the camera shake and all of that shit. Whereas so much stuff is just, I will throw it in in post. Yeah. So they don't make an effort to make the actors interact with the thing on screen. I mean, they don't have any design going into their creatures and stuff. That's going to be the be next big wow factor when the climax really does make everyone crap their pants in unison. Because I just feel Dude, like there's so many movies I've seen recently. Where... Maverick, man. Okay, I'm gonna. It's like, oh well, um, it's basically from the team that did the last three Mission Impossible's. Ah, okay. So it's it's that level of just like balls to the walls action. Right. It spends like. Here's two acts to get you invested and one act to make you shit your pants. I told you, I might go tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the thing, because, like, a lot of times when I see movies, when it, when I do realize, oh, this is the big climax scene, I really do kind of check out mentally. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, they're just going to flash lights. I mean, you see it in my notes when I just write loud noises, right? Yeah. And don't even bother making any more notes about the climax, because there's no point. <laughs> and now that the climax are, like, 20 minutes long, that means I'm just So, like, um... When I think back to Endgame, I like Endgame, right? Yeah, but the bit I really love is like the fight where it's just the three of them against Thanos mm. and then all the heroes appearing. Right. After the heroes appear, I have no memories of that fight. No, my it was, fuck it was just mess. My memory of Endgame was oh that's I, I remember that. That's when it was the like weird back to the future heist time thing, right? Yeah. That's the point that's the part of the movie that's cool. Once we once we to climax, it's time to check out. But yeah, I like everything up to Avengers Assemble is great. And then it's basically a montage after that and I don't remember anything. Gotta have a montage. <laughs> uh you had two points? That's that's it was like one point, right? Uh, so around 1993 is when Pokemon was being developed by a bunch of big monster movie nerds. <laughs> um, and basically every Pokemon game has a Pokemon which you get by finding a fossil and taking it to a lab and they clone it. Ah. And you get like dinosaur Pokemon and um, Omanyte Pokemon and stuff like that. I think I just said the name of the Pokemon instead of the real animal. Never <laughs> mind. Um, and yeah, um, Jurassic Park is just a huge influence on the Pokemon series and obviously anything dinosaur-based post-Jurassic Park as taking a lot of inspiration from Jurassic Park, including Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, so I've been doing podcasts for, like, the past six years where I bang on about Jurassic Park. Uh, same as I said when we did King Kong, right? I right. like, kept trying to find excuses to squeeze this into my other two podcasts. <laughs> now we get to actually talk about Jurassic Park. Right. Um, Maybe it's, this is the most significant film for nerds. Yeah, the the movie, uh, the book, excuse me, the book does bang on a lot about the Japanese investors, too. Mm. Like, like Hammond is planning to make quite, I mean, that's where most of the money's coming from, and that's where he's expecting to make most of the money, because he's like, oh, you know, this will be a big bang on uh, prestige yeah. um, trip for a little island near Guam, and have Jurassic Park Europe around the Azores, and then this one for the, for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, um, 
So yeah, both this and Pokemon were both inspired by Godzilla originally. Mm. And then, look, The Lost World, everyone hates this scene, but it's my favourite bit, has the big Godzilla tribute at the end. Because <laughs> the T-Rex just going ham in San Diego. But I thought we liked that. Oh yeah, okay. no, I love it. But most people are like, oh, that stupid bit. No, because it's just Rob. It's like you, uh, maybe it's just Rob. Because I mean, what what do you do from the first one? Well, you got to have them rampaging in an urban setting, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> and that was absolutely ace. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I think that might be like you were talking to the the wrong person about that one. I, I feel like that's what people like about that movie. Yeah. Um, I also have very strongly remember watching Jurassic, the Jurassic Park two as a kid, and seeing the baby because it has a baby T Rex in it, mm. and then seeing Jurassic Park one and thinking the Raptors were baby T Rexes. <laughs> I think my brain, uh, not, of course I know 100% that Chris Pratt is not in the Lost World, but my brain is putting in him now. And who, Are you who? thinking Vince Vaughn? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my question, basically. <laughs> um, apparently Vince Vaughn is only in that film because he did a spoof of Jaws on SNL and Spielberg liked it. Hey. Anyway, what I've got right here is a Pokemon dinosaur fossil chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I filmed like four of them for my TikToks already. But. Oh, okay. So go check it. Yo, you, you, you do that TikTok shit. And luckily, this is one that I already got before and filmed. Oh, Look, okay. it's a little turtle skeleton. No one can see that. No, but you can. Yeah. There I, you go. I almost pulled out my camera for you folks, people, but he's, you have to go to Luke's TikTok now. I mean, I'll, I think it's probably on my Instagram and Twitter as well. My phone At is Buster also Lily, a camera. Folks. <laughs> oh, are you, a, are you a character from bbc sherlock you can start calling it your camera phone even though no one has said that for 20 years <laughs> everyone knows every phone has a camera <laughs> I, just, I was uh, since i said all the old man shit about tiktok i thought i should take it a little farther that's all <laughs> i just opened this i realized i have zero desire to eat any chocolate right now it's gonna melt I'm gonna you gotta eat that. it's gonna melt it's a I, warm um, day i bought a bunch of them when i was walking to joetsu and they all melted in my bag. So I couldn't <laughs> tell what any of the Pokemon were. I guess the old does this film hold up question doesn't really make sense when this is the film which you measure all effects blockbusters afterwards against. That's why I came up with my early caveat, though, that this was the first film when I was like, oh, not every film that's hyped to be the best thing ever is going to be the best thing ever. So that's actually added like just a, a, a drop of bitters into my uh, mm. into my thing. Like, I don't I, I don't think this is Spielberg's best by a long shot. <laughs> Um, it's really good. It's it's, it's it hits all the populist buttons as hard. Well, as I'm he just does trying anything. to think. This is the time he hits like the George Lucas buttons, like in the good sense of the word, right? I'm trying to think. The only other film he's done which has dinosaurs in it is Lost World. Is this better than Lost World? 
Oh, just much better than Lost World. Then it's his best film. Okay. None of his other films have dinosaurs, so, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Close Encounters has aliens. No, they're not dinosaurs. Uh, Jaws has a giant shark. That's like a monster. That's actually older than dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, to tell you what film I want to see when it comes out, Beast. It's about Idris Elba fighting a lion. <laughs> oh, okay, because I think I mentioned before the, uh, the movie Funny People, where they, they hire people from a mental institution and do their ad campaigns. And it's, All right. And, it's, and there's a movie called The Beast. Is well, that the one that says, it will fuck you up? Yeah. <laughs> so I really hope this movie uses that tagline. <laughs> I don't think it will, but I'd love it if it did. <laughs> It should just help a breathily delivering that on the movie trailers. It'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's why it was a good ad campaign. <laughs> they weren't wrong. They were just crazy people. That's all. Daryl Hannah. That not that um, Laura Dern's clone anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Laura Dern in the only good Star Wars film, too. True. Okay. <laughs> Comes back briefly in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she must have been pregnant in filming or something. I did see. So they Jur give her such a crappy role in that film. Yeah, I did see Jurassic Park three. Uh, I said three years ago, but uh, it was it was quickly where the nephew yep. was like, no, just put on Jurassic Park again and again, and occasionally Jurassic World. Is Jurassic World better than the two sequels? No. Okay. Jurassic World can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the three newer ones. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, I watched them you don't because know about it's the, the only dinosaur content coming out. But you don't know about the new one. You haven't seen it. I can make a pretty educated guess that it's not going to be a masterpiece. They're bringing back all your favorites. That very rarely isn't good. <laughs> it's tactic to make a film good. Oh shit, we're about to Spider talk about... Spider-Man pulled it off once and that's about it. We're about to talk about Picard, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling me and you are going to have very different takes on Picard season two. <laughs> but that's in our podcast. Uh, as for this, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can nitpick on Jurassic Park, sure. But it's because it's the first film where I felt like I had the uh, intellectual fortitude to nitpick on. Mm. So this was the first movie where I like had enough like sense of mind, I guess, to go geek. And for that reason, it doesn't stick as like. Had you read the book before the movie? I don't remember. Um, it might. It was real close. I either read it just before or just after. Yeah, I'm very glad I didn't read the book until I've been obsessed with the film for like 10, 15 years. Okay. Uh, like for example, the whole thing where she goes and like plays with the dinosaur shit. Mm. That's all part of a plot that just gets dropped, <laughs> which is relevant in the book. Yeah. There's the whole thing where they make them addicted to that plant so they can control them or whatever. Mm -mm -mm. It's not quite that, but... Uh, <laughs> what was it? it? No, it, it's they're addicted to a, some drug, and dinosaurs are eating a plant as a way to get Well, they drug, leave a protein out that they have to be yeah. given. But or they, they find a way to which get Which they do have them. a throwaway line in the movie, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, oh, that was the whole thing about the cartoon being, like, genius, because mm. it hits, like, you know, Disney geek buttons, which I, I'm notorious to do that. Yeah. And it got out, like, there's, you know, chapters for the exhibition. Did I say it right? Um, exposition. Exposition, yeah. Thank yeah. you. There's, there's chapters around the book which basically get dialed down to, like, a line in this cartoon. Mm -hmm. But for a movie, that's genius. So, I, I, I do think the whole, like, using science without earning it, all of that stuff, life finds a way, all that chaos shit is really interesting. The seat belts is a nice cinematic shorthand for Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Oh, I had one note for this film. Yeah. My note says, Grant shat his pants. So, you yeah. know the scene where they see the brachiosaur? Uh-huh. At the end of that scene, he, like, sits down in the mud. Uh-huh. Clearly, we're not seeing the first take. Because he already <laughs> has big brown stains on his pants before he sits down. 
Well, um, so canonically, the only explanation must be shat himself when he saw the dinosaur. Well, the book makes it clear that Gennaro pisses himself, so it makes perfect sense <laughs> he'd be on the toilet when he yep. gets eaten. <laughs> like, they'd say that's, like, why he ran out of the car, because he'd already seen dino deaths. Yeah. So he was, like, he pisses himself, says, screw this, jumps out of the car. But um, I, I do just like how the dude just fucking ditches him and they call him on it. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, they tried to recreate that in World where they have that assistant or whatever she was, mm. who gets, like, the most brutal, horrible death in the whole film, but who basically did nothing wrong. <laughs> she See, was least... asked to babysit children, which is not her job, did an okay job of it. See, at least Gennaro is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's cowardly, but he's basically not doing anything wrong before that point. He's just a lawyer. That's, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> And he's a snitty lawyer. Also, it turns out he was correct. This park is not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, mostly because of Nedry, but still. <laughs> the only real monster in this whole film. Well, that's chaos theory, right? Yeah. You're going to get a Nedry in there to everything. screw everything up. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, do a thing, I guess. Yeah, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find it on Twitter at MLSFSPod. or also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you like and subscribe, rate and review. Now, if you want to find more podcasts that me and Matt create, go to Ro- Nope, that's where your music is. Go to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. You can definitely find me banging on about Jurassic Park in various Monster Hunter and Pokemon podcasts. You can find Matt talking about theme park rides and Disney documentaries over at Oral Hygiene. Um, there's also Game Game Show, a game show about games. And there is Time Enough Podcast, Twilight Zone Podcast. And yeah, if you want to hear the music you heard in this podcast, you can go to rovingsagemedia.mancamp.com. Um, and for everything else... Just go to google.com and search whatever it is you want to learn about on the internet. No, Eventually, Bing it. Be like Spider-Man. Use Bing. Use DuckDuckGo. Mm. I use that. You know it just like sells your data as much as the other two. Do you want to, <laughs> uh, The reason I use it is because you can choose square layout, which is perfect for podcasts. Ah. For images. So, that's my reason. Okay. Um... <laughs> I'm not doing it right at all. It's yeah, Matt spent so much thinking about if he could make a dinosaur noise, he didn't stop to wonder if he should. What's that? Your mum. She goes down on me. <laughs>